Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in to today's Nun Report. And uh, wow, all right, my studio is still messed up. So again, I apologize for being in your face right now. I know everything's a little bit closer because the camera that under the old software is still a little bit closer while we're continuing the updates in the studio, which by the way, should be completely online next week. It's going to blow your mind. We have a new producer, Scott King coming on board. He's going to be producing and engineering the show so that I can just focus on taking care of you and focusing on content and less about how it happens as far as uh, you know, technology goes and all that good stuff because I make a lot of mistakes that way. Man, I had a great show today. I had I had it lined up. I had I had receipts, I had quotes, I had news stories past and present of Tom Emmer's all about why he should not be speaker of the house just before I'm getting ready to record. Literally, I always check I always check the news cycles, primarily Twitter just cuz a lot of stuff breaks on there, so I'm scrolling through there. I'm looking for okay, what's going on? Right before I go on, make sure there's nothing breaking. Well, the breaking news was that Tom Emmers has dropped out of the speaker race in the House of Representatives. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But what I can do, well, I'm not going to show you and try to convince you why he should not be speaker because he's already decided he's not going to be. I can tell you why that happened. I can go through my analysis on why I think that happened, what was behind it. And a lot of that has to do with Donald J. Trump. We can be thankful that Tom Emmers is not going to Speaker of the House and that he's backed out because he's an extreme rhino establishment, Soros globalist stooge. I don't know how I can put it any more clear. He's he's a massive neocon. He supports war in Ukraine. He supports war in Gaza and Israel. He supports, he's a was a massive Bush supporter. He supports BlackRock. He supports open borders. He supports getting rid of the Electoral College these are all reasons he's hardly even, he's a Republican in name only. That's why they're called rhinos because this man is really a socialist Democrat in sheep's clothing. So anyway, it's good. He's not going to be speaker. We're going to, we're going to let him do his thing. <laughs> oh, anyway, so reset here. So I don't know what I, exactly I'm going to talk about today. I had, like I said, I had every, I had the show all lined up. I had the assets all set. I had the outline all done. It got blowed up right at the end, so uh, bear with me. It might be interesting. It might not be. It might be short. It might be long. We'll see what direction it goes. Thank you for coming along with the ride with me, or for the ride with me. Yeah, definitely. So Karine Jean-Pierre, she opened up her press conference today. I want to. I was going to open with this anyway, and this is what I want to start with, is she made some statements yesterday that where basically she would not come out and say, she was at point blank, do you consider it a hate crime if Jews are attacked? And she would not come right out and say it. I think that she had a talk behind closed doors with people and they said, uh, you need to get out there and write this ship and correct this wrong because you, you fucked up. And so she did. She opened her press conference with this. Let's take a look at uh, her feeble attempt at, at, at saying that Indeed, if people attack Jews, ugh, Jews are somehow bad to all these liberals. I don't get it. And yet the Jews continue to vote for him. It's, it, it's weird, man. This is what she had to say. Check it out. Make something clear uh, at the top, because I understand how important uh, moral clarity is, especially at this time. So when Jews are targeted because of their beliefs or their identity, 
when Israel is singled out because of anti-Jewish hatred, that is anti-Semitism. And do you condemn it? She still did not condemn it. She defined it. I think she very well defined what we all consider anti-Semitism. But she came short of condemning it. See what happened there? She made a, a backhanded apology where she defined what it is she's supposed to apologize for without ever apologizing for it and without ever condemning anti-Semitism. Interesting, right? Speaking of, check this out. wonder what she thinks of this. Where is this? This is horrible. You have a bunch of people with Palestinian flags beating up a Jew, assaulting him. Is this in the Middle East or something? Is this in some third world country? Where is this at? Because absolutely horrible. No, it's not, it's not in the Middle East. It's not in a third world country. It's not in Europe. It's in Chicago, right here in the United States. We've got pro-Hamas supporters. They call themselves uh, Palestinian protesters. What they are are pro-Hamas supporters. Let's be real about this. Let's get, stop, look. <laughs> There's no separation between, between Hamas and the Palestinians, okay? It is what it is. The Palestinians elected Hamas to be their ruling, governing people, and that's what they are. The Palestinian people support Hamas and their governorship. This is without dispute. So we can, people can say they're innocent all they want, but they kind of made their own bed by choosing the leadership that they chose. So uh, sorry if I, I don't, the loss of life is horrible. I don't like war. I don't like people losing their lives. Having said that, again, they made their own bed. And if you look at... Uh, the people in this country supporting it, you know, they're, again, they're mostly uh, white college-age liberals that have no idea about history at all because they didn't study history. They don't understand the history of Israel or the Palestinians. I will not say Palestine. If you ever hear me say the word Palestine, it will be an error or in the fact of saying that a nation-state of Palestine has never existed and currently does not right now. So to try to call Israel occupiers, how can they be occupying territory that's their own territory? The Gaza Strip and the West Bank belongs to Israel. They're within Israel's borders. They are not a nation state of Palestine. It's where Palestinians happen to live. And it's important to understand the distinction. But this sort of thing, I want you to remember who we're talking about here. The, the, the religion of peace, you know, Islam, the religion of peace, they would never wish you harm. They hate you. They would kill you if they could. Every last one of them. That's why you don't hear uh, Muslims speak out against the jihadists and the radical Islamists because while they would themselves may not strap on a suicide vest and go into a cafe and blow up, every time someone does, they secretly say a prayer. That's what I think. Because otherwise, you would condemn them. 
you condemn things like this. Some Muslim woman. You want to see that again? You want to know what her crime was? I should have gave a warning before I showed this video. Pretty graphic. Her crime was she went out of her house without her father or brother present. She has a single woman in these crazy 7th century shitholes. You, uh, you can't go outside if you're not married. If you're married, you've got to go with your husband or your father or your brother. At any rate, they're not around. <laughs> they're not allowed to be out there. They're not allowed to drive. They're not allowed to vote. Saudi Arabia has given women a few more liberties lately. But I think it's very surface-oriented. So th this is who we're dealing with, people. Uh, so I want to be, I just wanted to be really clear and open up the show with that, that when you talk about, oh, these poor Palestinians, these poor Muslims, these poor, you know, no, I'm not buying it. And you know what? They're right here among us. They're, I talked about this at length yesterday. I'm going to give you a little update because they did some really good numbers running down or really good uh, presentation running down the numbers here on Fox News. And I'm going to play that so you understand that they are already here. What you saw in those videos, the one in Chicago, first of all, a bunch of so-called Palestinian supporters, i.e. Uh, Hamas supporters, beating down a Jew simply because he is Jewish. Was that a hate crime, Karine Jean-Pierre? Is that a hate crime? Seems like a hate crime to me. And then stoning a woman to death. What a horrible way to die. Because you went out in public. How dare a woman. And these queers and these women who go out there and support, uh, you know, they say, oh, we're, we're Islamophobic. You're goddamn right I am. Because I've seen the horrendous things that they do. I know what their faith teaches them to do. I know that if they could and when they can, they will kill you and me. There's no doubt about this. It's fact. So yeah, fine. But yeah, so, yeah, you know, how about you, you queers and you women? You know, why don't you go live in one of these countries for a while? Queers for Palestine, give me a fucking break. Why don't you go back over there and live amongst them for a while? Maybe go to Iran, Afghanistan. I'm sure the Taliban would love to get their hands on you. Maybe to toss you off a building or something. Anyway, this is what's going on at, uh, at our own border. And uh, let me play the other clip first because it kind of sets the stage here. Check it out. The Godaways. They have a way of counting and having a rough sense of how many people cross the border without being detained, without being interdicted. 1.5 million people since Joe Biden took office. Right. And it's, it's a bleeding wound right now, Brian, because it's gotten only worse in this month. As the conflict is going on uh, in Israel... 1,000 a day, 
known gotaways crossing our border from from countries all over the globe. So a couple of things in the president's request in his emergency funds, he wants 14 billion uh, for the border. But we don't know if that's going to go to hotels. We don't know if it's going to go for transportation. We don't know if it's going to go for a border wall. We don't know if it's going to go for a new policy. What we hear is two things. Blame the blame Congress for not doing immigration reform or number two. This world is really a dangerous place, and there's more migration than ever. I don't buy either it's one of those. It's going to border facilitation. Not, By the way, on, on the last year of the Trump administration, they passed a, a law that has not been implemented that every vehicle crossing the southern border is supposed to be checked or scanned. Right. Right now, 1% of civilian vehicles are scanned, 15% of commercial vehicles. So it's one thing to get people in, which we know terrorist cells would have if they wanted. Hmm. Then you've got to get supplies in. And if you're a terrorist organization, you realize the vast majority of vehicles crossing the southern border are not checked. What does a sleeper cell need? You need uh, either an order, an event, or a target of opportunity uh, inside this country with a, a few other people able to facilitate it. Yeah, so, and that, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, they, they are already here. Those gotaways... People, that's, those are people they've caught on camera that they know entered the country illegally that they did not process. Bump that number by at least 35% more. And that would be more realistic to how many people are actually here. Millions. Millions have come in to this country under Joe Biden without even so much as being checked. And many of them come from the Middle East. And from African countries that are predominantly Muslim that hate us. They hate the Geodeo-Christian way of life. They hate Western nations. We are the great Satan to them. So what do you think they're going to do when they get here? You think they're going to assimilate into our society? You think they're going to contribute to, to our economy? No, they're going to be a drain on our economy and they're going to not assimilate. They're going to gather in their own little communities and elect people like Rashida in Ilan to Congress by dominating certain districts. Obama set that racket up pretty damn good because he's a freaking Muslim. He's not a Christian, man. That was all a lie. Obama's a Muslim. Give me a break. Anyway, this is where these people are coming from. And uh, this is why I need an engineer. <laughs> so that they can make these mistakes and not me. This is where they're coming from. Now let's talk about the terror watch list because we're also keeping track of that. Let's start in 2019. Okay, so this, Brian, is what a policy looks like. This is what a policy right. looks like. Fiscal year 2019. And then you can draw a bright line with things Brian. changing in that policy and how it grow, grew. Joke. Terror watch list. New president. Attempts to cross the border, and it is exploding. This is exponential growth of people, and they may have been wanted to get arrested or not. We don't know. These are people that were encountered and arrested who were on the watch list. The Homeland Security Secretary was asked, once they came across and you got them, what happened to them? I don't know, was his answer. They don't know. They don't know what's happened to these people. <laughs> they, they have no control. And by the way, the $14 billion they're asking for for the border, it, that's one thing that, uh, well, of course, Brian Kilmeade didn't have the answer because he never does. The guy's a tool shed. But uh, it's to process more people. It's not to secure the border. It's not to provide more border patrol. It's not to provide more fencing. It's not to provide more electronic surveillance. It's to 
put more people there to process those that come in faster so they can process more people efficiently and spread them about the country into voting districts that they want and their NGOs want in order to get more people like Rashida and Ilan Omar into Congress. That's all it is. Anyone who thinks otherwise, man, you're just, you're just not, simply not paying attention. All right, moving on. Check it out. I want to ask you about um, current energy prices and Iran, if I could. Um, so Iran makes 70% of its revenue from oil. Um, it's doubled that oil output since 2019, adding $40 billion to revenues. So are the president's current energy policies giving Iran enough money to fund terror groups? Because the price, well, the price of oil has gone up under this president. Uh, the former President Trump, the pr- average price of Brent oil was eighty-eight dollars She's um, so dumb. Under this president, it's $83 a barrel. So the price of oil is more. <laughs> Um, is that giving Iran enough money to fund these terror groups in the Middle East? I, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly yeah. disagree that we're, we're, you know, we're, our actions are giving. Is that what you're saying? Can you say that again? The current energy policies in the U.S. From, from our from, energy um, policies. Yes. yes. yes the Your war on the fossil fuel up. industry. When you, when you restrict um, supply here in the United States, it's forcing to get the global supply from somewhere else. OPEC is cutting prices of oil, so the price of oil goes up. Yeah, and we're not part of OPEC, as you right. know. Right, right. So they're going to make their decisions on, Gosh, she's on dumb. whatever they decide. We are not a member of OPEC. The administration has decided to regulate the oil industry here in the U.S. and restrict investment, uh, future investment in the oil supply in the U.S. And, and so is, is, as the price of oil goes up, is that giving Iran enough money to fund these terror groups? It seems to be a big jump. Uh, and so uh, certainly I'm not going to speak into that type of hypothetical. <laughs> That's a big jump. It's a big jump to say that Biden's declared war on the energy sector caused prices to go up in the United States, made the United States more dependent on foreign oil. Foreign oil then, including OPEC, raised their prices which in turn benefits Iran from those higher prices. By the way, because they're able to sell the oil now instead of selling it $30 to $40 a barrel, they're selling it near $100 a barrel. And by the way, it's not only Iran, it's Russia as well. Because of Biden's failed energy policies, because of his war on the you know fossil fuels, I know, don't, don't get caught up on semantics, you people out there. Well, they're not actually fossil fuels. Man, get a life, okay? You know what the hell I mean. Because of his war on that, declared before he even became president and then in action after he became president, it drove energy costs up. Those higher energy costs, the nations that are benefiting from that are nations like Iran, nations like Russia, who have vast energy resources, and they're selling that to finance Russia, their war against Ukraine, Iran, their funding of terrorism. Get it? Yeah, and it's not it's not so much that Corinne Jean-Pierre is dumb, she thinks you're dumb. Of course it's benefiting them. I, I just I don't I don't know how that's quite a leap. That's quite how do you how do you make that? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment on hypotheticals like that. Wow. Of course it's benefited them. And and again, not on top of on top of the high energy prices that they're benefiting from because they're able to sell their oil for more. Iran has doubled their oil output since 2019. 
So 2019, when Trump was president, Biden comes in. Since then, they've doubled their oil output because the Biden regime has loosened regulations on them. What do they do with that extra money? They fund Hamas. They fund Hezbollah. They continue to increase their grip on Iraq. As well as funding strikes against U.S. forces in Syria. And why the hell are we even in Syria? I got to have Joe Kent back on the show. And he can, he's very knowledgeable about that stuff. And um, he will he will lay it right out. So, Anyway, there, there we are. There's our war update. Oh, I think Kirby has something to say to you. Humanitarian pause. Is it something that the U.S. is actively pursuing or calling for that to be the case? Well, you heard the Secretary of State talk about the uh, the need to look at that, to, to consider uh, the, the, the possibility of a humanitarian pause, to allow aid to get in and get in unfettered uh, and to allow for the safe movement of people out. But again, there's a lot that goes into that, Matt. you got to... We got, you know, we get the Rafa crossings open on the way in. It's not open on the way out. There's, there's a lot of spade work in diplomacy to get that to happen. So you're not calling for it at this point. You're saying it should be an option. I think it's, uh, again, I would refer you back to what Secretary Blinken said, but it's certainly something that ought to be considered for the purpose of humanitarian assistance. The only thing a pause is going to do, when they're talking about a pause, they're, they're talking about the Biden regime convincing Israel to not commence with their ground incursion into Gaza. The only thing that's going to do is allow Hamas to rearm, to fortify their positions, and to set up their rockets in places behind, more so than they already do, behind human shields. And as far as, we're going to, we need to allow humanitarian assistance to get in unfettered and, and, you know, be able to track it. How are you going to track it in a no-go fucking war zone, dipshit? God, you're... If they seriously fucking believe they can get stuff in there and Hamas is not going to control who gets it or where it goes or how it's distributed, they're fucking high. I mean, seriously, of course they're not going to be able to track it. Once it's in there, it's in there. Oh, what are they going to do? Oh, well, we have some we have some Palestinian and Hamas resources in there that we trust. Yeah. Just like you trusted the Taliban to let you come out of Iraq unfettered. And they fucked you. And killed 13 Americans in the process. And they're going to fuck you in Gaza too. You're putting $100 million worth of supplies. And then, and then he talks about, oh, what, the border's only one way. People can go in, but they can't come out. And he says, well, we need, you know, part of this is we need to allow refugees to come out. Do you seriously think Hamas is going to let their human shields, their citizens leave the territory? You think they're just going to, oh yeah, we're just going to, fine, we'll let all of our human shields leave and we'll let all the civilians leave and then we'll just get sit here and get slaughtered? You, they're going to, you're going to, <sighs> you, you see how ridiculous that is, right? I hope that you understand that Hamas is not going to let anybody leave. And they're going to control where the supplies that come in go. And through that entire time that the Biden regime has bought them, they're going to fortify their positions. But as I talked about yesterday, that's great because that's going to mean a longer, more protracted, protracted conflict, a conflict that Iran might interject themselves to via their proxies, Hamas and Hezbollah, 
And then we can continue to spend billions of dollars in the military-industrial complex to build weapons, depleting our own supplies. We can't even supply our own armed forces. We can't even replenish our own armed forces because we sent so many fucking, so much material to Ukraine. And now we're sending more to Israel. And Kirby has already said that they have not ruled out a war with Iran. Think of that. Now we would destroy them. It would be a massive bur- it would be a massive boon for the military industrial complex if if China or Russia did not decide to support Iran and back them. By the way, you're looking at a long project- protracted conflict that we can't afford. Our interest on our debt alone is going to be higher than our entire Defense budget, very soon, just a few more years. Then what? I mean, this is, <laughs> this is unsustainable. You know, what, you know what then what is? Venezuela, that's then what? People with wheelbarrows full of cash to go buy a loaf of fucking bread. Because our irresponsible, power-hungry, greedy leadership Lined their own pockets, lined their lobbyist pockets, lined the military-industrial complex, lined the pharmaceutical pockets. They took all of our money, the taxpayer dollar, yours and mine, and they lined the pockets of Big Pharma, of the military-industrial complex, and their own. It just follow the money. It's all you ever really need to do. Anyway, what do you have to say about what uh, Kirby said there? Clint, you don't get to weigh in very often anymore. What do you say? What a load of shit. Yeah. Definitely. It's all a load of shit. No doubt. And I'm not talking small one. Biden makes his his uh, makes his entrance today <laughs> on, on the stage. Um, he, he was supposed to have somebody introduce him. And look at the background: Bidenomics, 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 Bidenomics. Five times it says Bidenomics. They love Bidenomics. They think that's doing great. You know, the economy is great. Oh, by the way, Kirby says that the foreign policy is doing great. He would give. Biden, an A-plus on foreign policy. We're going to get to that. I think that those Marines in Afghanistan might beg to differ. But keep in mind, this guy was just backstage. He was in the green room. And then he was in the backstage area, which may or may not be one and the same. Sometimes they double as both. I know as a musician that uh, how that works. So he may, uh, they gave him directions and then they've given him directions. Okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go out on stage. You're going to be introduced by so-and-so regarding, you know, depending on what the event is. And then you will go to the podium and give your remarks. See, because being able to introduce the president is a big fucking deal for these people. And, and just, just watch. I'm not introducing me, Mark is. 
forgot Mark. I went, right, I went straight to the podium. I apologize. No problem. Good afternoon. How awkward. Oh, my God. Mark, I'm sorry, Mark, but you saw him. Biden goes straight to the podium, and, and Mark's like, um, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to go stand over here. And, and then Biden sees Mark's notes there and remembers, oh, I'm not supposed to introduce myself. Mark is supposed to introduce me. Oh, yeah, he's he's super fit, and his age is no issue as far as running for another term, man. Have at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Swiss cheese for brains and uh, poop in the pants, probably. <laughs> 